Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for joining me. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. I'm so glad that you're here today. It's Meet My Friend Friday. I've got a new friend on the show with me today. A homeschool dad is joining me. Brian Tennell is here, and we are going to talk about homeschooling from the perspective of a dad. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I hope you guys are enjoying the end to the week. We have been hotter than heck here in the Vancouver area. I'm telling you what, up into the hundreds, we don't even know what to do when it gets hot like that around here. So a lot of people just staying indoors. And I am out on a street corner today with a bunch of people from my campaign waving flags and trying to get out the vote and handing popsicles to people. So we're having a hoot and holler in good time here as we come up to primary day, which you guys all know is next Tuesday. I wanted to say thank you again to everybody who's been praying for me as I've been running for Congress. We don't know what the outcome will be, but we know that God has a plan no matter what. So we appreciate you guys and your continued prayers for that. I'm excited to jump into the show and welcome a new friend on. His name is Brian Tennell, and I was introduced to him by my friend, Melissa. And she's like, man, Heidi, you got to talk to this guy. He homeschooled his kids. They graduated. And I am just so thrilled to have him come on. He's been gracious to agree to speak to me today. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks for having me. The uh, the last time I spoke to you, you were actually sitting in this very chair, if you recall. That's right. Because yes, I do. Because Charlie Kirk also sat there. That's right. And Dinesh D'Souza. <laughs> and I call this the throne of <laughs> prognostication. And so I'm coming to you from the throne of prognostication. <laughs> we need more of that. We need all of the prognostication that we can get. I, I totally agree. You're coming to me from uh, Oklahoma, and it's hot there because Melissa has been telling me how hot it is. I don't know how you guys are doing it. That's right. I, I think a couple of days from now, our high is going to be 90, which is 20 degrees uh, more cooler than it is today. So that's crazy. Yeah, we've been in the 110s for quite some time. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness, that is just crazy. So tell, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Brian. Okay. Well, um, I'm a, uh, I'm an old guy. Born in uh, 65, so I'm 57-ish. I, th- I can't do the math, really. Uh, Not that much older than me, so watch it okay, there watching you're it. calling yourself an old guy. Watching it. <laughs> um, my dad was in the Air Force, and so we moved uh, all around the world, but he retired in uh, in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. But the locals mm-hmm. the locals call that Montgomery. That's that's how they call it. Um, <laughs> Montgomery. Went, that's right. Uh, went to college at Auburn University in Alabama. Um, Met my wife, uh, who actually went to University of Georgia. Met my wife there. Um, uh, we got married. That was 32 years ago. Uh, eventually had two boys. So did you guys get married in 89? Uh, 90. 90. Okay, so I got married in 89. So I would say you've got to be right around there. Yes. So actually two days from now, we'll be 32 years. And so, Wow, congratulations. Um, yes, ma'am. Uh, so we had two boys. One, uh, one of them is uh, graduated. He's off in the Air Force right now. And the other one uh, will be entering his junior year at the Liberty University in Virginia. Wow. Um, Goes by fast, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So I, I graduated uh, and went into the Air Force as a pilot candidate, uh, graduated from flight school and uh, and uh, then became an F-15 pilot, moved all over the world with my wife uh, and uh, retired in 2009 and then immediately began, began homeschooling uh, my kids. And so that's sort of brings you up to speed. So that's a, this, so homeschooling is a big decision. There are a lot of people listening to this 
who never considered homeschooling and they're doing it now because of COVID, because of this, the wickedness really that's in our school system. And you guys have a story. Why did you decide to start homeschooling? Um, actually, I didn't. It was my wife. It was Jenny. <laughs> uh, it's about 20, 20 years ago or so. Uh, she came to me and she said uh, she she felt like God was prompting her uh, to homeschool. And I thought mm. initially I thought, well, she's kind of nuts, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> uh, and our families, my family, her family, they're all sort of like, OK, what's wrong with you people? Um, right. But I had learned a couple things in my life up to this point. Number one is uh, a good husband listens to his wife. Right. And number two is I thought you can't really screw up first grade that bad. And so, <laughs> and so we did. Um, and every year uh, before the school year began, wherever we lived, uh, Miss Jenny would, would have the kids signed up at the local school. Mm. And, uh, yeah. and every year she would come to me and say, okay, I, I, I'm kind of annoyed at this, but God is prompting me again to, to homeschool. And this <laughs> went on for, for several years. Um, and so she homeschooled the, the boys. Um, yeah. In in two thousand nine, uh, I had I had been in the Air Force now for twenty two years, and I was trying to decide uh, what am I going to do with my life? Should I retire? Should I stay in? Um, and so there was a lot of turmoil with you know what what's the rest of my life going to look like? Right, um, it's a big change. Yeah, and so I was praying about it, and and all of a sudden God sort of punched me in the chest. And it was very clear. He said, you're going to homeschool. And I thought, right. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, being a, a military man for 22 years, I just, I saluted smartly and said, uh, okay, that's, that's what I, you're the boss. That's what I'm doing. Um, so over the course of the next couple of weeks, um, before I had actually turned in my retirement papers, I got two phone calls from two of my Air Force buddies. One of them offered me a job in Virginia uh, flying the F-22, which was like wow. the, the Ferrari of the fighter pilot world. Oh, yeah. Um, That's crazy. And the other one who had recently retired offered me a civilian flying job uh, training airline pilots how to deal with spatial disorientation. Basically, my job would be to fly uh, aerob excuse me, aerobatic aircraft with with an airline pilot in the other seat and my job would be to kind of spin his gyros get him sick and i thought what an awesome way to make a living you know <laughs> um, so i was i was torn you know I, my options were stay in the air force and fly the f22 uh retire and fly aerobatic aircraft or retire and homeschool <laughs> you know I thought, really really that's my option um, well, you know, homeschooling would kind of be a mixture of both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> trying to make kids sick. I like that. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Trying to get you like something's messing with your equilibrium, you know? No, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Um, so uh, about that time in our Sunday school class, we were studying the book of Nehemiah and we got yeah. to chapter six. And I read a verse in chapter six and it, it rocked my world. And my answer was clear at that point. Um, in chapter six of Nehemiah, he's, uh, he's rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. He's, he's doing God's work. And his, 
his detractors are trying to get him to come down from the wall to meet with them. And his response is what sort of blew my socks off. He said, he said, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. And that was, that was my answer. God, you know, God had clearly told me to homeschool and that's the great work that, that he gave to me. And, and I can't come down no matter how tempting, Mm -hmm. how tempting it is. So I retired uh, in July of 2009. And the very next month I was tutoring my, my eighth grade son and his classmates in a, uh, in a homeschool program called classical conversations. Um, And since then, I taught my eldest and his classmates, took them 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. And then I swung back, picked up my youngest, uh, who was also who was in 8th grade at that time, and uh, took him and his classmates through graduation in, uh, in 2019. And so for, for the last three, yeah, for the last three school years, um, I've continued with the program. I'm still homeschooling other people's kids. Um, and so what, what prompted me to homeschool, it was really... For both Jenny and I, uh, it was God poking us in the chest and saying, "This mm. is what you're going to do." And so that's mm-hmm. that's what prompted us really to, to homeschool. Well, there's it's not very often that I talk to a dad who really took an active role in the education of their kids, but you've gone beyond that because now your kids are graduated and you're still in the homeschool movement. Yeah, uh, you're still helping. You're still staying in there. Why are you doing that? Well, my. Uh, my reasons changed over time. So initially the reason that I homeschool is because God told me to, but over the years that has changed. It's actually become uh, quite a bit more in depth and, and I can take you on this journey if, if we have time. Um, when I was in the air force, uh, I, I watched this happen. I watched the air force transition from a fighting force to uh, sort of a playground for social experimentation. And, and Boy, I, that's that's the entire military right now. Absolutely. Every branch. Yeah. And so yep. I, I watched yep. it move to a kinder, gentler uh, Air Force where where feelings are held in higher regard than accomplishment of the mission. And and this mentality was coming from the top down. Um, you know, the chief of staff of the Air Force works for the Secretary of the Air Force, who works for the Secretary of Defense, who is appointed by the President. And so, really, it was politicians who were promoting this social agenda. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. Um, Yeah. But it was very convenient to start with the military, um, really for a couple reasons. Uh, One is they have have direct control over the military. And number two is nobody in the military has any recourse. You know, you can't say, Hey, foul. I don't think so. I'm going to wave this flag here because what you're doing is wrong. You just, you just salute smartly and move on. You don't have an option really. And so in the uh, early two thousands, as I was getting closer to retirement, um, the question of uh, gays in the military, that was a hot topic of discussion. Um, uh, Clinton had done his. And what thing year was this? This was in the early early two thousands when when the, when. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I think it was about ten years later that that the ban was totally lifted. But, um, so we had a lot of discussions in the in the Air Force and you know about this topic. And one of the things that I saw was a trend 
was that most of my peers, when we had this discussion, they, they basically said, as long as, as long as they do their thing over there, as long as they don't bother me, as long, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. And, and that really, that bothered me because I thought, do, do we no longer care about right and wrong? You know, do we only care about those, those things that affect us directly? And uh, a couple years later, I uh, was reading a book by Francis Schaeffer called How Should We Then Live? And he, it's a great book. And he, uh, he said that Americans used to have a myriad of values that we held in, in high regard. But today yeah. we only have two. We only have two values that we, that we cling to. And one of them is personal peace and the other is affluence. And so if it, if it does not affect my pocketbook, I don't care about yeah. it. I'm apathetic toward it. And the other one is if it doesn't affect me in my, in my personal space, in my home, uh, then I don't care about it. I'm very apathetic. Mm-hmm. And, and so I sort of watched this play itself out in the military. And then e- even after the military, I watched this play itself out in the Boy Scouts. Because uh, we had been part of that for yeah, years. That's certainly, yeah. And yep, uh, sad. It, as a matter of fact, the uh, the Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates, was his name. He was the Secretary of Defense under the in the Obama administration. He's the one that lifted the ban uh, on gays in the military, and then he retired, and almost immediately he was scooped up by the Boy Scouts, and he became the president of the Boy Scouts of America. And he did the same thing in the Boy Scouts that he did in the military. And the, the results have been obviously disastrous. Um, the, the people in the Boy Scouts, unlike the people in the military, have recourse. And they've, they've been leaving in droves. And, you know, yeah. the Boy Scouts are, are uh, uh, yeah, filing bankruptcy right now. And, and it's just right. bad things are I've happening. I've had the president of uh, Trail Life on here talking about... Uh, alternatives uh, to the Boy Scouts. Brian, I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, We'll be right back. Are you homeschooling your kids? Well, I want to recommend the Institute for Excellence in Writing. If you are looking for a course that's going to breathe life into teaching language arts to your kids, IEW is for you. It's comprehensive. It includes writing, grammar, and vocabulary. And I want to encourage you to check out IEW's Fix-It Grammar, and it's been integrated with structure and style for students. This is broken down into achievable steps that are going to give your students success. Try it for free for three weeks at IEW.com forward slash Heidi. All right. So, Brian, before the break, we were talking about what's been happening in the military and what's been happening uh, with regard to the culture. We've got a culture in decline. Mm -hmm. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, it's the the moral decay is is showing. A lot of people are listening to this today. In the last probably six minutes that I have, uh, I want to touch on this stuff because there are parents who are considering pulling their kids out of school right now. They're looking around and they feel overwhelmed by the whole thing. Absolutely, right? they're looking around. They see the attack on American values. They just feel like you know what? What? Why should I even keep keep fighting? Uh, what keeps you going? Because there are dads who are listening to you who are wondering, I wonder if I shouldn't get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And one of the first things you can do, I think, is take your kids out of the school system. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, As I was saying before the break, um, my my reasons for homeschooling have changed. And so 
as I went down this journey and I saw what was happening around me, I, I decided, you know, I'm, I'm trying to teach my kids how to learn. I'm trying to teach them to be able to teach themselves. And so I thought, I'm going to investigate. I'm going to find out what's happening uh, in our culture. I, I should be able to do this. I should be able to model this, you know, for, for my kids. And so I studied a lot and I observed and I, and I dug deep and I realized that, that Marxist ideas have yep. deeply per, permeated uh, the culture. I mean, beginning yep. in the education system with the, the father of modern education, John Dewey, heavily influenced by Marx, uh, uh, you know, a writer and signer of the 1933 Humanist Manifesto, where God is denied, and 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 in, in, in that document they say no deity will save us; we must save ourselves, and the government should provide subsistence for all humanity. I mean, these are hugely Marxist ideas. I realize that critical race theory is just a subset of critical theory, 1923 right. from the Frankfurt School, and and uh, and that. Uh, the the founder of that Horkheimer, I think is his name, was was heavily influenced by Marx. The Black Lives Matter is founded by avowed self avowed Marxists, and all of these ideas so deeply permeate our culture, and they have been actively and radically promoted by our higher uh, education institutions. And it's just been over the past couple of years that that those those ideas have have now been brought in, you know, backwards into the primary and secondary uh, education uh, systems. And so um, one of the, you know, Rod Dreher uh, wrote a book called uh, Live Not By Lies. And and he said- Yeah, I've had him on my show. Fantastic. He's he's awesome. He said, the Marxists today, uh, they, they don't get their way by shedding blood like they used to. They get their way by shedding tears. And so, mm. you know, I, I was watching this play itself. Uh, and of course, the answer is God. God is the answer to this. And, and if we can, and, and the ideologies we see today that are so prevalent, um, deny the existence of God. In fact, they require the, the absence of God. And we've seen this through mm. history in, in Russia, in Mao's China, Venezuela, yep. Cambodia, Vietnam, Niger. It's all happening. We're watching it. If we knew our history, we could see yeah. it as plainly as day. And so, and so I, I thought to myself, well, what can I do about this? You know, I, I think as parents in this culture today, we have abdicated uh, responsibility for raising our children, for teaching our, for educating our children. We've advocated for generations that for a couple Absolutely generations. True, yeah. we, we've advocated yep. that to the state. Um, but even so, but even beyond that, we've, we've abdicated, uh, the the teaching of biblical principles we've we've advocated learning about the creator we've advocated that to the church and and yep. i think it's not their job you know it's not their nope. job and I, what i've seen is the church does a pretty good job of of teaching its members to love god with their with their soul with their heart but but where we where the church fails i think because it's not their job is teaching people to love god with their minds Right. To, to think critically from a biblical biblical perspective about everything we're seeing that's going on around us. And so my motivation became to teach the next generation to love God with their minds. And that's my new, mm. uh, my new passion. Um, and if we could, 
I, I heard a podcaster very recently say, we have to outthink the enemy. And I thought, that's so simple. Because progressive policies make absolutely no sense to the rationally <laughs> thinking person. But well, the problem that's how is, they've been able to push it. We don't have rationally thinking people anymore. That's it. We've been act- we've been actively taught not to think. And George Orwell mm-hmm. said it very well. He says, if you can't think, someone else will do your thinking for you. And that's so, right. So we live in this postmodern yeah. era where the education system is founded on humanism. The culture is overwhelmed by ideologies uh, influenced by Marx. Um, yeah. Truth has become a moving target, and we're told what to think because we're unable or unwilling and to think for ourselves. And and yeah. And so if you know if we define truth as that which corresponds to reality, then when truth changes, our very perception of reality must also necessarily change. And so now we have, now we have, you know, people who are sitting in front of Congress who cannot define what a woman is. What's really crazy about that, Brian, is I have a a little bit different slant on it. I think they can define a woman. I just think that they're afraid to. They're afraid of the woke Marxist mob that's going to come after Mm -hmm. them and make sure that they don't have a job and that they're laughed at and called all kinds of names by the, you know, by the academic elites in this country who are taking us down a path that we will have a very hard time coming back from. Yeah, Uh, that's for sure. I've only got about a minute left in this Mm. uh, in the show today, and I really want to focus the last couple of uh, uh, moments that I have with you to just encouraging dads. There are a lot of dads mm. listening to this who's, or even moms who are like, is it really that important? Does this homeschooling thing matter? Man, it's a lot of work. Boy, I'm sure tired. We used to have more money. We used to have more time. Uh, speaking of the lives of those, uh, especially the dads who are listening to this right now, wondering, is this is this education thing really that big of a deal? It's huge. It's absolutely huge. Um, what I've seen, I think human nature demonstrates to us that that when the bullets start flying, most people will duck and cover, and they're, they they want they want to wait until the fire with the firefight the shooting ends. But you right. and I both know that it's not going to end. It's not going to end. Yep. Um, and only God can win this fight. But I've talked to a lot of people. I've actually talked to people who said, "There's nothing I can do. God will win this." But I, when I look to the Bible, I think, how many times in the Bible has God won the fight without using His people? In fact, He demands it. That's right. Yes, so, he does. Absolutely. And so this this fear that we have, and I think the ultimate fear of humanity is not the fear of death. It's the fear of discomfort. We don't want to mm-hmm. lose our like, likes on our Facebook page. We don't want to be ridiculed. We don't want to lose our jobs. It's 100% true. And we would much rather watch the football game. You know, and that's shame on us. But we have a rare sort of Shadrach moment in history. It's right here in front of us. Um. And we need to step into that fire. We need to step into that fire. I heard uh, a man named Scott Scott Rigsby speak years ago, who uh, did a did an Ironman uh, marathon and without any legs. He's a double amputee, and, and and he said this. He asked me this question. He says, "What are you doing that requires faith?" And that just mm. cut that cut right to me. And the, I think our primary job as parents is to train ourselves out of a job, you know, is to train our replacements. That's right. Yeah. And that includes me and my son's generation. And so my my encouragement is, is to just listen, 
especially for people like me who are retired, listen to what God's telling you to do. Just get off the bench and get into the fight. And he may have some very specific plan, or it might simply be this. If you love me, keep my commands. If, if your mission yeah. might simply be to unashamedly speak truth into the darkness. And so mm-hmm. for people like that, for people like me, we can spend our retirement years relaxing and recreating, you know, or we can get off the bench and we can use the knowledge and the experience and the skills that we have to fight the good fight. I love that. One of the very first people to ever share that sentiment with me was Dr. Dobson years and years ago when I did my first interview with him. And he's since become a friend. I just have such respect for the man. But he asked me if retirement was in the Bible. And I was pregnant with our sixth baby at the time. And I was just like, well, if it is, I haven't read about it. I'm actually not interested in retirement right now because it's so far in my future. And he said, well, he said, I want you to remember this. He said, "We're, we're never supposed to stop doing things for the Lord until the Lord calls us home. And he said, I don't think retirement's in the Bible. And that he's actually living that out right now. I mean, this guy's yeah. in his 80s and he's still doing his show. He doesn't believe in retirement because God doesn't believe in it. There, there you, you go. Know? So, what, so no matter what age you are, no matter where you are in your season of uh, you know being a, a full-time employee or running your business or whatever it is, God has a part for you to play until he calls you home. And I love, Brian, that you're doing that so beautifully, encouraging the next generation, as Thomas Jefferson called them, the rising generation. Uh, to love this country and to be able to think critically so mm-hmm. that they can defend the principles of liberty and defend the word of God. I appreciate you coming on and uh, I hope to have you back again. Keep yes, me posted on how it's going there. All right. I'd be happy to come back. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Right. You're very welcome. Right. Bye. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. I hope this was an encouragement to you. Uh, I love having moms and dads come on the show who can really speak into what's happening in the culture right now and encourage you guys to love your families well, get off the bench and onto the battlefield. There's not a moment to lose and God has you here for such a time as this. Have a great weekend, everybody. And I will see you back here on Monday at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, find me online at momstronginternational.com and all major podcast platforms and YouTube.